Jesse D, you're rubbish. And everybody don't talk to you. Because Brit is awesome. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. Welcome to the month of March, everybody. Episode 492 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and I'm joined today by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, and also the 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 present Brittany Page. Yes, I am present physically and mentally. Mentally <laughs> present. I didn't mean like roll call. I oh. meant like <laughs> can I <laughs> Can I, uh, it's not really a sausage being made thing. Okay. What is it? You're, you're one of, you're one of these people. Uh huh. I think everybody knows you're like an A type driven, make uh, T's are crossed, I's are dotted. I had to make sure I didn't do that the opposite way. Eyes mm-hmm. are crossed and T's are dotted type. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're one of those people that when, when, like when we leave the house, yeah, you, are still have a checklist in your head that you're trying to make sure is taken care of. Like, is the stove on? Mm-hmm. Is did we did we not only lock the door, but did we close the front door when we left? Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to forget doing that. <laughs> <laughs> did we put out the fire that we started in the living room? <laughs> right, right, right. That's exactly the bonfire right. that we had going. <laughs> um, you never know. You never know. I just—it's funny to me. And you like, I just wonder sometimes if you if you tamp that down, like before we come in to do the show, mm-hmm. if you are still closing closing windows, metaphoric windows in your mind or doors in your mind to things that making sure that they were checked off the list. Well, so well, so by present you mean mindful. Is that oh, what you yeah, mean? Yeah. Because well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dumb guy. Because I've been trying to be mindful. You're mindful, Brittany Page. That's right. right. Now, so, it's not pre- where, where do I get that from? Well, I mean, it, you could you could say that those are the same things, kind of, right? I did mean to say, I meant mindful. Yeah. So if you're being mindful about what you're doing, you're present in the moment. Oh, okay. That's right. And you're it. paying attention to what's going on. So that way, I mean, a lot of times we're on autopilot, you know, that, that feeling of getting in the car and then driving to work. And then all of a sudden you're at work and you don't remember your drive. Hmm. I wonder if that happens anymore because everyone listens to podcasts. So... Does that happen still? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, unrelated. I mean, it's kind of related. Then we'll yeah. get back to that. Uh, there's often times where I will drive past a spot and have like podcast or radio or usually podcast deja vu. And I'll be like, oh, I was right here in that moment when I listened to that thing. Oh, wow. That happens to me. Hmm. But anyway, back to back to this thing. Yeah, but so mindfulness is a way to kind of counter that so that if you are being present in the moment, you remember your drive to work. You remember closing the front door when you leave <laughs> um, and locking it and making sure the fire is out. So being mindful really, really helps 
calm the mind down. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, but you got to remember to be mindful. Exactly. And it's not easy to be mindful because, well, we all have a lot of shit going on and it's it's hard. Do you think levels of self-doubt make it harder? Because like often you're like, do we shut the door? Yeah, of course we shut the door. It's just habit. I don't like it doesn't even ring in my brain as something to worry about. Mm-hmm. Well, I think now that we have Popeye, the dog, it is a little bit more on my mind because I don't want him getting out. And I'm also like, did I put the chocolate away? You know, oh, is there yeah. no like snacks left out for him? Yeah. So he is a begging ass motherfucker too. He really is. And he <laughs> eyes just every drink and food that is around. So um I, I think with that too, I'm more cautious now. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. I'm not I'm not shitting on you. Well, I mean, it can be annoying it's never annoying a little bit of poking fun yeah is, it's just that's what it is i'm just making fun mm-hmm. anyway mm-hmm. i, uh, I, I want to say something before we move <laughs> on though uh in the spirit of not making fun mm-hmm. i i want uh i don't know if i want to ask the audience because that's kind of like a weird like a surprise thing that you're hearing me say mm-hmm. well you start your new job mm-hmm. tomorrow yes. monday yep as an inpatient a uh, therapist mm-hmm. at an acute psychiatric hospital here in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Big time. Big time. Yes. So I was just, you know, I think it'd be, uh, I'm super happy for you. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a colossal move. Uh, a big, it's a big deal. And I would just, you know, if, if anybody has a spare moment tomorrow, maybe, uh, you see, it's weird that I'm asking them to like sing you some, some good vibes. Yeah. But, uh, well, that's nice of I'm, you. But it's kind of a, it's hard to to do a, a, a surprise. Right yeah, I couldn't even like <laughs> I couldn't even like record a secret thing mm-hmm. because you're gonna get the secret thing to your phone because I think yeah I think you're subscribed to the show too. I am subscribed, but I don't listen. So what you could have done was tell told me to you thought you left the door open and to go check it. <laughs> I would have taken my headphones off, wow. gone out there to make sure that it was closed. <laughs> that I did not think of. Mm-hmm. I did not think of. So, uh, speaking of uh, Popeye the Bulldog, we did get quite a bit of feedback about his arrival in the home and the uh, the the new podcast mascot. And uh, let's start there. Good morning. Um... I'm driving around in my shitty uh, transit connect van uh, full of uh, heating and cooling parts. And uh, that makes a lot of uh, weird background noises when I'm on the phone that people tend to complain about. But besides that, I um, wanted to say congratulations on your seven-year-old English bulldog. I know you said that dog is in its twilight years, and it may appear to be, but I uh, adopted an English bulldog, and she was five. Do a little research that they live six to eight years. So I was like, uh oh, shit, I got like just a couple good years left with this dog. And she turns 12 in April. And actually, it looks like she's getting younger. She has, uh, I think, uh, like the Benjamin Button syndrome or something because she was, uh, she had old dog vestibular disease or has. And we got that diagnosed. We thought she had a stroke. She has a little head tilt now. She smells. She's deaf, sweet dog, but just good luck living with uh, farting, uh, head-shaking bulldog that leaves its eye crust and earwax, you know, playing all over your doors. You might be a couple years away from that, 
Or maybe it's happening now. I don't know, but they're sweet dogs. But they, it takes a special person to live with one. So, anyways, congratulations on your dog. And bulldogs are the worst part, but they're sweet dogs. <laughs> Have a good fucking day. Uh, thank you, unknown, unnamed caller. Mm-hmm. We appreciate that. Very much. It is definitely a household change on that on that mark. That 100%. The, the smells. 100%. You are a very, very fastidious individual. And you're having to kind of shift gears a little bit because you don't like smells. <laughs> you don't like... I like good smells. Yeah, you don't like anything that's not considered a good smell. Yeah. Yeah, he's a little smelly, but that's what happens. You you love something. That's right. And then what happens is you just feel the love, and then it becomes okay. That's right. Well, yeah. so far, so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hi, Jesse and Brittany. This is Christina calling from Tennessee. I just wanted to call you guys and tell you how cute I think is. I um, have had to... Well, I currently have two Boston Terriers. I've had uh, three Boston Terriers in my life. My most recent Boston Terrier was a rescue. They're kind of like the cousin of Bulldogs, and I completely understand the, the, the struggle with adoption. And please, if you're going to get a Bulldog or any breed similar, please do it through a rescue because they are kind of more difficult dogs and they do tend to have issues. My most recent suitor or my most recent Foster failure. His name is Scooter. He also has a bad eye. So, love, love, Popeye. Thank you so cute. Please post all of the pictures. And I also just wanted to tell you how amazing I thought it was when you guys used Pat Robertson's description of him being a bag of meat. I grew up watching Pat Robertson, but I have always hated him, even when I was indoctrinated. So, just the the visual that that gave me just made my day, honestly. So, Keep up the good work. Love both of you equally. And talk to you later. Bye. Weird way of doing sex. <laughs> yeah. Um, we want to give a shout out to the the Instagram that we created for Popeye. It's really embarrassing what we've become because um, <laughs> we will take pictures of the dog and videos of the dog and we will send it to everybody now. I, and- I never, I, but I've never been someone who like goddamn people in their Instagram dog accounts. I've never been that guy. Yeah, so we have one. So it's at Bully with a Y, Popeye. And if you want to see pictures of Popeye doing Popeye things, then you can go follow that. It's really a lot of pictures of him sleeping. <laughs> you guys, it's Carissa. I'm so proud of you. I just started listening to the latest episode and you rescued a puppy. Well, not a puppy. But a senior dog, even better. Tell me, like, you guys even more. Well, you, well, you guys don't know about me that my biggest passion is for animals. And um, when I met my husband, we, we helped rescue stray cats. And out of our own pockets, we paid for the spaying and neutering so there wouldn't be population. But anyway, who cares about that? Oh, I, <laughs> I am, like, really, really touched to know that Two of my favorite people that I've never met or actually talked to in person. Um, rescued, a, rescued a senior animal. I, I'm i driving home. You can probably hear my car. Man, I, 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 I love animals so much, and I love you guys, and the fact that you, you did that, and uh, I know people do it all the time, and I have the same reaction for everybody because 
It takes a lot to do that. And you guys are fucking awesome. And give that little guy a hug for me. And a little bush bush from Auntie Clarissa in Pennsylvania. Now that I sound like a crazy person. Okay, love the show. Ricky's the best part, but maybe the puppy might be soon. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Well, you say that only because you can't smell the farts, Carissa. <laughs> so. Well, she probably can, but just not from where she is. <laughs> I assume that her olfactory senses are intact. Yeah. Well, we'll try. Although to- I worked with a guy who didn't have a sense of smell. Really? Yeah. And it was a, it would create, for you, it would be a goddamn nightmare. Because imagine, how do you figure out if something's spoiled if it doesn't look spoiled? Mm-hmm. Like meat or something in the fridge. Well, because it would also impact your taste, your ability to taste, right? He could taste, just not as as effectively anymore. Yeah, that would be a bummer. But he he would have to throw shit away. Uh Like, I don't want to risk it. I have no idea. Yeah. Got in a car accident. Had a plate in his head. That's a bummer. Yeah. Total bummer. Anyway, off the back on topic here. (laughs) The dog. Debbie Downer over here. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Brittany. It's Laura um, from Buffalo. I couldn't help it but send in a voice memo. I'm so excited for you guys that you got a dog. Now you'll be able to join all of your pet-owning listeners in being thankful for him on the Thanksgiving episode next year, which makes my heart burst and makes me so happy. Um, I also wanted to thank you for educating yourselves before you chose a breed that was appropriate for you uh, because that is something that not a lot of people do and it's also something that as veterinary professionals we uh, strive to uh, try to do with our clients uh, you know when they lose a pet or before they purchase one um, we really try to encourage breed education Um, And a lot of people really don't want to participate in it. They don't want to spend the time. And I would not expect anything less from the two of you. And I'm just so proud and so happy for you guys. He's absolutely fantastic and beautiful. I can't wait to hear some of his snores and snorts and farts. And hopefully we get to see him on our Google Hangout calls for all those Patreon supporters. Um... And all of my veterinary knowledge is at your fingertips at any time you need it. Okay, love you guys. Bye. Yes, mooching veterinary medical advice. (laughs) Cannot wait. We've already had to take him to the vet. We have. And um, one of the reasons we picked Bulldog Mm -hmm. is because... And then this this, uh, love fest and, and showering us with praise about being such... Or not humanitarians, but altruistic individuals can mm-hmm. stop but we uh i've i've owned bulldogs in the past so i'm very familiar with all of their or a lot of their problems their tail issues their allergies and the skin and the the diet and and that was one of the reasons that played into it because you're familiar with it yeah but it's it's also because i'm familiar with it we're able to give a good home to a dog that a lot of people wouldn't be able to fucking handle because of all the problems. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. You just have to clean out those folds and it'll be good. Yeah, well. Keep them clean. That is right. With anti... And anti-fungal, antimicrobial wipes. There and you their go. their solutions and creams and they're, 
a fucking walking problem. <laughs> a walking, farting, snoring, good Lovable time. problem. That's right. Mm-hmm. So thanks, everybody. We appreciate the love for us and uh, the new pup. That will be a good time. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure there will be talk of him in future episodes. Anyway, we got one more call more akin to what we talk about on a daily basis. Politics. Hey, guys, it's Dan from Oceanside. I uh, was just watching, you know, six or seven hours of the Cohen proceedings today and came away with something that I don't think I've heard anybody else talk about, which is that Donald Trump Jr. probably had a really bad day. Uh, and I'm going to take a little time to gloat in that because uh, not only did uh, it turn out that him and Alan Weisselberg okayed the check payments for the, you know, to pay back the bribe money uh, to Cohen. But also it came out, and it's now in congressional record, that Cohen quoted Trump saying that his, his son's a dumbass, basically, which <laughs> is fantastic. So anyways, uh, you take your small victories when you can get to them. And uh, love the show. Just wanted to point out that one of the worst people alive had a bad day. Talk to you later. little schadenfreude there, mm. which is good. Yes. I mean, for in this case, because the Trumps are irredeemable motherfuckers. It's been a real struggle for me because um, I also don't think that Michael Cohen is a good person. and I still don't think he is. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I don't think he's a good person. And I, I, I understand what everyone was saying, like they feel for his family. I do too. Um, although his wife is maybe being implicated in some not so good things as well. Um, but what I don't like is... Are, are are we all aware of what goes on in these like rich people circles, you know, when you have all this power? I mean, I was reading this article about Michael Cohen and he had talked about how how he loves luxury, right? Uh, and he Just those words themselves are fucking come on, dude. And he like had a Rolls-Royce and whatever and just living the life, you know. I guess. And it's just weird to see the types of people that are until Trump turned on Cohen, they were loving Michael Cohen too, right? He was Trump's personal attorney. Yeah, he was right. in the circle. Everything was fine. Um, knowing that he's one of these types, these rich people who take advantage of people. Yeah. Another thing that came out was um, Michael Cohen talked about how he would at Trump's, at Trump's direction, call small businesses that Donald Trump owed money and say like uh, contractors and exactly. lawn service people like small business owners right yeah. and we, we've heard it before but michael cohen talked about it that that trump would basically sick him on these people and say uh he would call them and say you're not getting a payment or you're getting a partial payment not what what is owed to you and that he would report back to trump whether he was successful about telling them that they're getting no money or a substantially uh, reduced yeah. amount of money. And, and if you complain, we're going to sue the fuck out of you. Right, and use yeah. those threats, and Donald Trump would be happy. Right? But this is what these yeah. high-powered, rich attorney types do. Yeah. Right? They threaten you. They uh, threaten you with the power of their attorney skills and the money that they have when they come from a rich environment knowing you don't have the resources to to butt up against that right and they step on your neck and then they silence you we've been personally involved with people like this and it is it's scary because you don't have the resources to go toe-to-toe filing lawsuits answering lawsuits right it's 
and you it's can be very com- frightening and you can be completely taken advantage of right and like they're illustrating here where you're actually owed money you're they in can, the right they can steal from you right like they stole from these these small business owners exactly and it's really disturbing and then they silence you that's right, right. they fuck you over and then they silence you and so, I mean, I understand that Michael Cohen's coming clean now and, you know, great, good for yeah, you. He's being forced to come clean. But you have a decade of, like, terrible behavior and harming people yeah. that did not deserve to be treated like that because you wanted to cozy up to this guy. Well, that's it, too. You wanted to. Donald Trump didn't twist this motherfucker's arm to harm the little guy. Right. To silence women with whom Donald Trump was having affairs while his wife was pregnant and newly with child, right. with a baby. Uh, he, he wasn't twisting his arm to do this. They were in cahoots. They were in this thick as thieves. So let's, and I don't think our audience is probably real sucked into this. Michael Cohen is a piece of shit who's being forced to tell the truth now. Well, and <laughs> you always take it to the next level. But yeah, I, I would say that um, I I definitely don't... <laughs> we're we're going to start breaking this out. The views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. And this is what's been difficult for me because I, I do believe that Michael Cohen is being honest. I do believe that. I don't believe the... I think he is doing somewhat of an act up there. For sure. Right? He came in with his eyes puffy and he... The one thing that did seem genuine is at the end of the hearing when Elijah Cummings went went off on um, the whole deal that yeah, happened that right, day. Right. And he actually made Michael Cohen cry. Uh, Michael Cohen started crying like he was genuinely touched, I think. But I don't know how much of it is self-pity for the situation that he finds himself in or how much of it is genuine remorse for the things that he's done. But either way, what he said fits with the picture that has been reported on Donald Trump for years. Years. So, yeah. And listening to Maggie Haberman talk about it, too, who's been following all of this. Um, and hearing her talk about how remarkable it was to hear this, this, I mean, this was Donald Trump's dog. He would dispatch him out on people, you know? There are audio tapes of him saying, I, what I'm going to do to you is fucking disgusting. I'm going to fucking ruin you. I mean, crazy aggressive. Right. To defend Donald Trump. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, it it is, it's a, it's a whole different broken down dude. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing that a lot. Oh, he's a broken man. No, he's playing the broken man. This is still the same asshole as far as I'm concerned. I-M-O, I-M-H-O, in my honest opinion. <laughs> Don't internet speak in real life. Isn't IRL, it, Isn't it Page. in my humble opinion? I think it's honest opinion. My my oh, is it? Maybe it is humble. I don't know. My honest opinion. My humble. I don't fucking know. Who knows? I don't use it. It's your favorite acronym. Oh, so. right. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna get to all that and more on the other side. Support for I doubt it with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time.
If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. We have two new Patreon supporters and two Patreon supporters who have upped their pledge, yes. their pledges. Um, Carissa. Carissa. And Sam. Sam. Welcome. Real, real nice. And then uh, we have the editing of the pledge, Al. Al. And Marissa and Bethany. Marissa and Bethany, thank you. So very much. You guys are ridiculous. <laughs> good, good times. Mm-hmm. So, I didn't drop the phone number before. Go ahead. Well, I just want to say we sent the February newsletter out and we got feedback on it from somebody, which was the first time that we've gotten feedback. You on were it. excited. About I was the very excited because I feel like I'm just sending these out and then they're going out and no one GAF telling me what's going on, what they like, what they don't like. And I, I genuinely want to hear it. So gives a fuck. Brittany. So we GAF. Re- thank you. We received um, some feedback that <laughs> that uh, someone liked the animal stories that have been in the newsletter the past two months uh months so we try to not just focus on politics in the newsletter and this newsletter by the way this last one was bereft of politics there was some some cultural issues but not politics politics i think that's fair um but this newsletter by the way if you're like what the hell is this newsletter that they're talking about if you go to patreon and you look at the specific tier um and you give that amount per month, then you can have this monthly newsletter. It goes to your email inbox and it just has articles that we've read during the month that we haven't uh, necessarily promoted on any social media. Um, Jesse always includes a recipe, whether it be his own creation or one that is just his favorite that he wants to share with the world. And we like to put something in there that makes us cry. So we have something meaningful at the end, almost like a taking care of biz situation. Yeah. Uh, and we also have what we're watching. We're going to try to add uh, different types of segments in there, too. So check it out. Good and times. tell me what you think about it. I didn't drop the phone number before. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email one of those voice memos from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. We would love to have you help us move the conversation forward. Not just about the new dog. If you love what we do... I would love if you would go and rate and review us on iTunes. That helps us find new audience that might not discover the show otherwise. Profanity-free. That's right. Profanity-free. Thanks, you guys. We love you so very much for all of your support over all of these years. It is an amazing thing. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So let's get into this. Um, we are late in episode. We only did one episode last week. It's kind of a weird thing to say in podcast land that we only did one episode <laughs> right. last week when most podcasts are. Some are lucky to do one yeah. in a week. Mm-hmm. Um, little toot of the horn there, but. Uh, we're going to do a hashtag third episode week this week. Right. We'll manage it. We'll figure it out. Brittany's got a new schedule, but we, uh, we're going to do it. Yeah. Well, we're also close to the the goal of that is right. Hashtag third episode. So it isn't that we're going to figure it out. It's that. No, 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 no. I don't mean like, I mean, we're going to have to find a new rhythm with doing shows. That's definitely true. Your schedule might force us into an us. I mean, me into really being a lot more organized about shit. Well, 
can I be honest? It's going to... I-M-H-O? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but sure. Um, my, my schedule is actually going to be better for me. So I was doing uh, two jobs in addition to the podcast, and now I'm going to have one job. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, one of my jobs was tutoring, and that happens like after school hours, and so I would be getting home pretty late. Yeah, and that's not going to be happening anymore. So I think it will be an improvement. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I do too. So back to Dollamocracy. We oh, I know what I was saying. What why 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 I departed? It was the fact that we skipped some of this is like not old news, but this is dealing with the hearing. Right, which the, is still the, being talked about. The House government oversight, that's right. And then also the the summit where Trump walked away. Luckily, luckily, Trump walked away and didn't sign away just to have something on paper mm-hmm. like really I was expecting to happen. Right. Somebody got in his ear and had him do the right fucking thing for once. Yeah. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But let's first talk about the hearing where Michael Cohen, the the venerable Michael Cohen, the honest and upright Michael Cohen has turned his life around in just these short months, and he's seen the light. This is he's had his come to Jesus moment. Well, anyway, Michael Cohen opened the hearing with an opening statement that really didn't pull any punches. And the bit that I want to talk about, there was all kinds of things that went on, and not a lot of it was super uh, informative. We didn't really learn anything really new. There was a few things. He brought some check stubs, and he talked about meetings, and he heard a phone call with Roger Stone uh, on speakerphone talking to Donald Trump saying that he had talked to Julian Assange and blah, blah, blah. This was going to be dropped. All of that is great information. The, 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 The part that I wanted to talk about that really leads into... I mean, it might be looked at as kind of a soap opera thing, and that's the whole the, the whole racist angle mm. that was talked about during, and the Mark Meadows dragging out the Trump employee, mm-hmm. the prop, yeah, and oh, this isn't racism. This to me is is points to the larger problem that they are modeling bad behavior for Trump voters. How are how are we to expect these these mag Americans, these diehards to think any differently when this is the example that's being set? Here's Michael Cohen saying what he's saying. Mr. Trump is a racist. The country has seen Mr. Trump court white supremacists and bigots. You have heard him call poorer countries shitholes. His private, in private, he is even worse. He once asked me if I could name a country run by a black person that wasn't a shithole. This was when Barack Obama was president of the United States. And while we were once driving through a struggling neighborhood in Chicago, he commented that only black people could live that way. And he told me that black people would never vote for him because they were too stupid. And yet, I continued to work for him. And not only did Michael Cohen continue to work for Donald Trump, who among us believes that he pushed back? Oh, well, my, oh my gosh, Mr. Trump. How, that is abhorrent. I can't believe you're saying that. Or did you laugh and giggle along like Billy Bush on the bus with the pussy grabbing talk? Of course you did. 
Michael Cohen. Of course you did, because you're just like Donald Trump. You wanted to be like Donald Trump. And now that you're forced to tell the truth, you're singing a different tune. And I hope that everyone can accept the nuance here, right? I don't think that we need to believe that Michael Cohen is changed, um, that he is suddenly this good person. I think he's a work in progress who maybe is starting to realize some things, but I don't know the full motivations behind it, right? I mean, you don't start changing until you get caught. Not the best, not the best That's right, yeah. Um, But I hope that people can still see Wow, the things that he's describing, they really fit with the way Donald Trump behaves. Exactly. And the things that Donald Trump says. So even though Michael Cohen, yes, has lied in the past and probably isn't the most trustworthy figure, this seems to map on. Absolutely. So this created a firestorm where Republicans were scrambling. Also, he had he had released his his opening statement testimony. The night before. Yeah. So they had time to kind of get their ducks in a row. Mm-hmm. And Mark Meadows, congressman from North Carolina, mm-hmm. just a fucking Trump sycophant. Not quite as bad, I think, as Jim Jordan. Maybe slightly more reputable than Jim Jordan. He drags out a former Trump Organization employee who now works, I believe, for the Housing and Urban Development. Right. Lynn Patton. Lynn Patton. That's right. And... uh how how can you call Donald Trump racist when he has a black employee? What, Mr. Cohen? Uh, do you know Lynn Patton? I'm I'm right here. Oh, yes, sir. Do you know Lynn Patton? Yes, I do. Uh, I I asked Lynn to come today in her personal capacity uh, to actually shed some light. How, how long have you known Miss Patton? I'm responsible for Lynn Patton joining the Trump Organization and the job that she currently holds. Well, that's, I'm glad you acknowledge that because you made some very um, demeaning comments about the, the president that Ms. Patton doesn't agree with. In fact, it has to do with your claim of racism. She says that as a daughter of a man born in Birmingham, Alabama, that there is no way that she would work for a, uh, for a, an individual who was racist. How do you reconcile the two of those, Mr. As President? neither should I, as the son of a Holocaust survivor. But, Mr. Uh, Cohen, uh, <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, is I've talked to, to the president over 300 times. I've not heard one time a racist comment out of, out of his mouth in private so how do you reconcile it? Do you have proof of those conversations? I would ask you to Do you ask have tape recordings of those conversations? No, sir. Well, you've taped everybody else. That's, Why wouldn't you have a tape? That's also not true, sir. That's not true. You haven't taped anybody? I, I have taped individuals. How many times have you taped individuals? Maybe 100 times over 10 years. Is that a low estimate? Because I've, I've heard it's over 200 times. No, I don't think. I think it's approximately about 100 from what I recall. But I would ask so you, why would, you ask me a question, you, sir. Do you have so proof? Here's, do you have proof, I yes do. or no? I do. Oh, where's the proof? Ask Ms. Patton how many people who are black are executives at the Mi- Trump Organization. Mi- and the answer Cohen, is Mr. zero. Mr. Cohen, we can go through this. Here's, I, would ask you ask you, me? I would ask unanimous consent that her entire statement be put in the record. Without objection. So keep in mind that there was a statement that was entered into the record, but she was just a prop. She was brought there, stood next to Mark Meadows behind the dais, and then he said what she thinks. 
He declared what she believes. He talked about what her experiences were. She didn't have a moment to speak. So she wasn't really there to shed any light, as Mark Meadows said. Can we also, I want to talk about several things, but can we can we focus on how Mark Meadows, <laughs> an elected official during this hearing, says, quote, you've taped everyone else. Yeah. You've taped everybody else. Is this really a situation in which we need like this irrational person barking at, at someone that's testifying? Yeah. I mean, he hasn't taped everybody else. Can you be accurate in what you're saying, please? You would think that they would want to be accurate, especially of matters of this 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 level of import. Yeah, I know it seems minor, but it bothers me. And then can we also stop with this? Donald Trump has stood in close proximity to a black person, so he's not racist, <laughs> right? It, it is very frustrating. Yeah. And, and we we had to deal with this with Mark the Mailman calling about like Gavin McGinnis, right? Gavin McGinnis has a wife who's a woman of color. And so he can't be racist, right? Yeah. Um, it's he, infantile. It really, it's it's low level. Yeah, it's, it, it's stupid. It's embarrassing. And Pew actually did a survey on this. So they asked 1,500 white Americans... Whether words pew 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 pew, pew. thank pew, you pew, pew, pew. this was ten years ago that you can't pew, miss it you can't miss it yeah we got it we got to play and that pew asked this <laughs> so again they asked uh, fifteen hundred white Americans whether words such as intelligent law abiding honest hardworking and generous described quote unquote most blacks okay that was the question um, and. Essentially, the results showed that roughly nine out of 10 white people who think that those uh, things, most blacks aren't intelligent, law abiding, honest, hardworking or generous. They had friends who were African-American. Yeah, right. So even though they're they're and that is a, that is a racist, a fundamentally racist idea. Yeah, if to think most blacks aren't trustworthy or intelligent or all or those other law abiding, yeah. generous, right? I mean, that's explicitly racist. So you have these white people that are expressing explicitly racist views on black people, and then they they have black who, friends. Who also self disclose that they've got a black friend or two. How shocking, right? Are I know that's impossible, Brittany. Yeah, you must be wrong. It is impossible. Yeah, to know a black person. Intimately, or not intimately, but you know, uh, be familiar with, with a black person and be racist. Ah, how does that even work? Right. Well, and you can tell because Mark Meadows got extremely pissed off. Well, this this was kind of uh, the 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 order of the day. Mm-hmm. This was, was the soap opera you were talking about. Yeah. Well, the, the, yeah, for sure, this was the one I want to talk about. But there was no defending of the president. There were no asking like. Um, cross-examination type questions to get to the truth about what he was saying about Trump. The truth, quote-unquote. They didn't try to do that. They just, yeah, he's saying this. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Try to pick it apart? It seems like it's true. Because <laughs> if, it, if it was clear lies, mm-hmm. they would have asked questions about that to try to poke holes in it. Right. None of that was done. Mm-hmm. None of that. Yeah, there wasn't even a defense of the checks. Right. right. Michael Cohen produced checks that Donald Trump had signed to Michael Cohen to reimburse him for the payment well, to that, Stormy Daniels. That's what I mean. I mean, the the, the, re, the points, uh, the points that are very legally damning for Donald Trump are the ones they didn't try to poke. They went to these things. Right. The things that are like racism and, 
you know, dragging a, a, an employee there and saying, well, what do you mean? Yeah. Can we also just quickly touch on the fact that uh, Michael Cohen also produced a document where he threatened Donald Trump's previous schools to not release his SAT scores? Yeah. So now, good. I love this because Donald Trump, right, uh, takes the white supremacist view that he has these superior genes, right? He's always making these this, this a genetic lot of talk arguments about his genes, yeah, right, and that he has superior intelligence and all of this. And remember, he criticized Went to the best schools, got the best grades. He criticized uh, President Obama's grades, and they wouldn't release his full transcript. That was a criticism, right? And then you find out that <laughs> Donald Trump is having his lawyer threaten schools, yeah, to ensure that they're not releasing his SAT scores. Now, why might that be? Interesting, because they're so high. Maybe he doesn't (laughs) have the best words. Mm. Maybe. Just maybe. Possible. So the the soap opera kind of spiraled out of control when Rashida Tlaib, you know, the we're going to impeach the motherfucker congresswoman. Mm -hmm. She gets up there and she points out very adroitly, Mm -hmm. I might add, that this is a ridiculous and also a racist argument to make, which sent Mark Meadows into a spasm Mm -hmm. demanding that her comments be struck from the record. Do you think the president of the United States is making decisions in the best interests of the American people? No, I don't. Especially those you said that he used horrible words about, like African-Americans, Muslim-Americans, and immigrants? Yes. Just to make a note, Mr. Chairman, just because someone has a person of color, a black person working for them, does not mean they aren't racist. And it is insensitive that someone even say it's the fact that someone would actually use a prop, a black woman, in this chamber, in this committee, is alone racist in itself. Donald Trump is setting Mr. the Mr. Chairman, I ask I, that her words Donald be Trump taken down. Donald Trump is setting down. a president. I reclaim my time. Mr. Donald Chairman, Trump is setting a president. Mr. Chairman, the highest office can be Mr. Chairman, the rules are clear. Activity. Cover up and hold on to business assets to break campaign finance laws and constitutional clauses. What we have here, Mr. Chairman, is criminal conduct and the pursuit of the highest public office by Mr. Cohen and individual one. I hope that the gravity of this situation hits everyone in this body the court report. and in Congress and across this country. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I yield the rest of my time. Mr. Chairman, I ask that her words, when she's referring to an individual member of this body, be taken down and stricken from the record. I'm sure she didn't intend to do this, but if anyone knows my record as it relates, it should be you, Mr. Chairman. Chairman, I, I, I would like to... Hold on. I want the words read no, no, back. No, 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 no. We want to know exactly no, what she said me. about a colleague. Excuse me. Would you like to rephrase that statement, Mr. Lee? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I can actually read it from here. Just to make a note, Mr. Chairman, that just because someone has a person of color, a black person working for them, does not mean they are racist. And it is insensitive that someone would even say racist, say, say it is racist in itself, and to use a black woman as a prop to, mo- to prove it otherwise. And I can submit this for the record. If a colleague is thinking that that's what I'm saying, I'm just saying that's what I believe to have happened. And if, as a person of color in this committee, that's how I felt at that moment, and I wanted to express that. But I am not calling the gentleman, um, 
Mr. Meadows a racist for doing so. I'm saying that in itself, it is a racist act. Well, I hope not, Mr. Chairman, because I need to be clear on this well, particular. Mr. Chairman. Mr. 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 Meadows, wait a minute. I, I've defended you no, at, no, about, no, Mr. Meadows, with false accusations. Mr. Meadows, I'm the chair. Yes, sir, you are. Thank you. Right. I will clear this up. Now, Ms. Salib, is it, I want to make sure I understand. You did not, you were not intending to call Mr. Meadows a racist, is that right? No, Mr. Chairman, I do not call Mr. Meadows a racist. No, I am trying, oh, minute, as on. a person of color, Mr. Chairman, just to express myself and how I felt at that moment. Mm -hmm. And so, just for the record, that's what was my intention. All right. All right. Mr. Meadows. Mr. Chairman, there's nothing more personal to me than my relationship. My nieces and nephews oh, God. are people of color. Not many people know that. No. You know that, Mr. Mr. Chairman. And to indicate that I asked someone who is a personal friend of the, the Trump family, who has worked for him, who knows this particular individual, that she's coming in to be a prop, it's racist to suggest that I ask her to come in here for that reason. Well, two things. One, I, that, that's not what racist is, Mark Meadows. And it also indicates you really don't have an understanding of exactly what racism is if you think that saying that she was being used as a prop is racism. The other thing, the obvious thing is, just because your brother or sister fell in love or had sex with a person of color and had children that are people of color doesn't mean you're not a racist. How can I be a racist? Mr. Chairman, my brother banged a black lady. How can I be a racist? Mm -hmm. That is fucking ridiculous hillbilly logic. It does not hold up. It's it's really, it was just very, it was a shameful moment during the hearing because <laughs> you could tell that it really struck a chord with him. Yeah. And I, I suspect that Maybe she got to him a little bit yeah. in, in terms of checking Cle him in, in terms of checking him, though. And hopefully when he goes home or when he went home, he took a moment to really think about it, how he's he's bringing the one black woman that he could find that worked for the Trump organization. Yeah, right. <laughs> to come to the hearing and stand behind him as he explained that she is living proof that Donald Trump is not a racist. Yeah. Well, if only we had some kind of evidence of Mark Meadows not taking part in an insidious racist conspiracy theory mm. about America's first black president. Uh-oh. If only we had. You know, things usually are recorded at events, political events and, and such. If only we had evidence of Mark Meadows being totally not a racist. And so what we're going to do is take back our country. 2012 is the time that we're going to send Mr. Obama home to Kenya or wherever it is. We're going to do it. We're going that to We're going to do it. We're going to do it. <laughs> we're going to do it, y'all. <laughs> going to send him back to Kenya. Get on it. Oh my god. So you, that, guys, you guys, that was a live <laughs> whistle in a live yeehaw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is not recorded. So listen, 
That is fucking racism. That <laughs> is racism. Yeah. You just heard 100%. a racist speak. We're going to send Obama back to Kenya or wherever. And he didn't just say it one time, mm-hmm. Brittany Page. We right. won't have to worry about it. You know what? We, we'll send him back home to Kenya or wherever it is. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll send him back home. And then home. a laughter from the fucking hayseeds in the audience. A racist talking to racists. Are you going to take Mark Meadows' word for it that he hasn't heard a racist word out of Donald Trump's mouth? How would you identify that, Mark Meadows? What would be a racist word for you? Well, he hadn't said anything more racist than me. Yeah, I mean, what? I haven't heard an explicit racial, racial slur. Is that your bar? Because yeah. there are many ways to say things that are racist that aren't racial slurs. He also says, I've talked to Donald Trump over 300 times. He said that during the hearing. Also, in the past month, I have been in social situations where I have heard two strangers say racist things in my Our presence. Our Lyft driver yesterday. Mm-hmm couldn't shut his mouth about Asians buying up all the houses and they're taking all the jobs and it was insane but that's what i'm saying i in the past month two strangers yeah. have been in my presence and said racist things and so for mark meadows to sit there and act like he's never heard donald trump say racist things i mean in terms of the the shithole countries thing that we know that donald trump said where he was talking about countries with predominantly brown people living in them yeah. and then talking about predominantly white countries as though they were these uh, beacons of all things yeah, like good. Norway and Sweden. Right. Yeah. And, and making a comparison to the quote unquote shithole countries. Like we know all of this. We know that this is how he talks and what he believes. So the substance of some of some of went on like caller Dan from California said it, it, like the, the no good, very bad day or whatever was the subject of the email when he sent the, the voice memo. Mm hmm. Of Don Jr. That Don Jr.'s name, he signed one of those settlement checks paying off Michael Cohen for having used the, the mortgage, the second mortgage on his house to pay Stormy Daniels. There was all kinds of talk about this, this Trump Tower Moscow deal that Don Jr. and Ivanka were involved in up to their fucking necks. You know, kind of funny. Eric Trump didn't get mentioned at all. Mm-hmm. Eric's like the sad, dumb brother who doesn't get trusted with anything, I think. Yeah, he wasn't mentioned at all. It was always Ivanka and Don Jr. Yeah. And then there are two other individuals that you need to be watching for in cont- in, 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 in hearings coming up. One is Al- Alan Weisselberg, who got limited immunity from the Southern District of New York. And then also Felix Sater, who I've been talking about for a long time. He blocked you on Twitter, right? Uh, no, we had, a, we had an argument on Twitter because he see. stabbed a guy with the stem of a martini glass in the face. And went to prison. Yikes. And then it's good. You've never made a mistake before, Jesse. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. I've made a million mistakes. None of them involved stabbing a dude in the face with a fucking broken glass. It's a pretty hefty mistake. Yeah, that's not a mistake. You have some time to think through that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> think about what a mistake is. Yeah. You're taking an action there. You're well, making I a decision. I backed up into your car. I didn't see you there. That's a mistake. Oopsies. I broke my martini glass on this table and then I ran toward your face with it. Right. 
<laughs> I'm a klutz. What a mistake. Anyway, yeah. So he he he's not a he's not a fan of Jesse D. But mm. uh, those two are individuals that you're going to be wanting to watch because they hold the keys to the kingdom relative to Donald Trump's businesses, mm-hmm. especially Alan Weisselberg, who is the CFO of the Trump Organization. We're gonna, they're going to get into all of that. So uh, also, um, Cohen is on his way back. To testify again before mm-hmm. the Intelligence Committee. Right. This was the Oversight Committee. The next day, he testified before the House Intelligence Committee with Adam Schiff, and he's coming back for round two, I believe, on the 6th. I think that's right. Is that right? Um, and that um, is going to garner a lot more jumping off points for the committee of people to pull in. Mm-hmm. There were also many moments where they were setting up our new congressman here, Harley Ruda, very proud of his performance. Yeah. He was the one who got right to the heart of the matter relative to Felix Sater, mm-hmm. which is a... Uh, I've long said before he was even on anybody's radar, this is not so much of a toot my own horn, but early on, I pegged this guy as somebody to watch because he he knows where the bodies are buried, so to speak. But but Harley did great. Um, AOC did fantastic. Mm-hmm. Setting up the committee to be looking for Donald Trump's tax returns relative to bank fraud and all kinds of other fraud. So all in all, I think it was a good day, a good starting point. Certainly nothing was uncovered that was a, a gotcha moment. But that's a- not how investigations work. AOC, she is just where she needs to be, man. Yeah. All the, there's a lot of criticism I've been seeing of her, even from Democrats. And you know what? Calm the fuck down. And I'm not even like a democratic socialist. That's not my getup. You know, that's not my thing. But she's an earnest lady who's doing her fucking best and is making waves. She's making a difference, which is something you can't say about freshman congressmen very often. Also, she is highly intelligent. Yes. And a lot of the criticisms are trying to paint her as a stupid girl. Yeah. A lot Sexist. of a lot of talking about her age, a lot of talking about how she's unintelligent. And this just has no basis in fact. And I I think it really is because angry men can't hang. And so they're yeah. lashing out. And I think it's also because they want to have sex with her and they can't. That is not going to happen. And it makes them very angry. And so they're lashing out, right? She's an attractive woman who has power and is smarter than them. And so they're very, very upset about it. I understand that would be upsetting, but uh, get over it. Let me, t- let me tell you something. I have been shocked at how many quote unquote progressive men that I know. Mm hmm. Who are sexist, misogynist assholes. Yeah. Saying things like, I'd like to fuck Tommy Laren or, you know, other Fox hosts. Mm-hmm. That certain Congress people who did get elected mm-hmm. couldn't get elected because they're fat. Mm-hmm. No one's going to elect a fat woman. Mm-hmm. They, they said that with their mouth. And they, they, they champion themselves as some kind of a progressive. It, it It's... That frustration that you're talking about with men who see this, they, they feel challenged by an AOC. Right. It 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 it, it uh, it's hard to hide your true intent and your true feelings mm-hmm. when that nerve gets struck. You know, one hundred percent. So anyway, so be on the lookout for that though, and when you see it, call it out. Pr- please call it out. Yeah, yes. for sure. So Donald Trump was in Vietnam 
walking away from what was ostensibly a bad deal with North Korea. Apparently, they wanted a lot more to be added to the non-sanctioned list without actually doing anything, knowing that Donald Trump was desperate for a deal. They saw the tea leaves. They read the tea leaves. They, they, they knew Donald Trump has been talking at rallies about a Nobel Peace Prize. And they knew it was so important to him that they could, they could ask for a big, a big thing. And like I said earlier, fortunately, Donald Trump is surrounded by people who are smart, just smart enough to know that it was too bad a deal and to walk away. Well, at the end of him walking away, he gave a little press conference at which he did mention he was he asked it was answered he was asked a question and was answering a question relative to Cohen and his answer and the testimony Cohen gave and his answer is very very interesting while this was going on the drama back in Washington uh, your former lawyer Michael Cohen who worked for you for 10 years his office right next to yours, right yeah. by yours at Trump Tower. He called you a, a liar, a con man, a racist. What's your response to Michael Cohen? Well, it's uh, incorrect. And, you know, it's very interesting because uh, I tried to watch as much as I could. I wasn't able to watch too much because I've been a little bit busy. But I think having a fake hearing like that <laughs> and having Pretty it real. in the middle of this very important summit is really a terrible thing. They could have made it two days later or next week, and it would have been even better. They would have had more time. But having it during this very important summit is sort of incredible. And he lied a lot, but it was very interesting because he didn't lie about one thing. He said, no collusion with the Russian hoax. And I said, I wonder why he didn't just lie about that, too, like he did about everything else. I mean, he lied about so many different things. And I was uh, actually impressed that he didn't say, well, I think there was collusion for this reason or that. He didn't say that. He said no collusion. And I was, uh, you know, a little impressed by that, frankly. Could have, he could have gone all out. He only went about 95% instead of 100%. But the fact is, there is no collusion. And I call it the witch hunt. This should never happen to another president. This is so bad for our country. So bad. Uh, you look at this whole uh, hoax. It's a, I call it the Russian witch hunt. I now add the word hoax. It's a very, very bad thing for our country. But um, I was impressed with the fact that he uh, when you know, because the most important question up there was the one on collusion. And he said he saw no collusion. So we'll see what happens. But it was pretty shameful, I think. Two things. If you started talking to someone at a party and this is the way that they spoke, you would walk away from them. Yeah. And I, okay. I'm a, <laughs> nice talking to you. Nice to meet you. I'm going to go get a drink. I'll be, uh, I'll be around, you know, check in with yeah. me later. Um, also, Michael Cohen went out of his way to say that Donald Trump would never lay a hand on Melania Trump. So if the one thing that he told the truth about was collusion, right, right, right. <laughs> why isn't Donald Trump also highlighting that he went out of his way to ensure that no one thinks Donald Trump is a wife beater? It's, it's, it's so funny that, oh, well, oh, yeah, he lied about everything. What a fucking liar. Every time he opens his mouth, he's lying. Oh, except for this one thing that he said was good about me. Right. So everything negative is a fucking dirty lie. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that happens to corroborate what Donald Trump has been saying is the truth. It's really transparent. Get the fuck out of here. Maybe it's because Michael Cohen had no official role within the campaign and doesn't know mm -hmm. about the inner workings.
of the presidential campaign of 2016 of Donald Trump? That seems more likely an answer. Well, you know, what's interesting is today, the third, Donald Trump tweeted, quote, I am an innocent man being persecuted by some very bad, conflicted and corrupt people in a witch hunt that is illegal and never should have never should have been allowed to start. And the interesting question is, um, when did Richard Nixon say, I'm not a crook? When did that happen? And then how much time was between that and the resignation? Yeah, because I, here we are with Donald Trump that's pro- right. proclaiming, I am an innocent man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's start the countdown, the, the countdown clock now. Yeah, it's life imitating life. <laughs> <laughs> A little repeat of history, possible. So this, this, this press conference continued. And obviously, um, Donald Trump is sympathetic to autocrats. He is sympathetic to dictators, to murderers. He went to Helsinki and and gave cover for Vladimir Putin, who not only murders the press, has killed his own citizens. He also interfered in our free and fair elections. And Donald Trump let him off the hook. Look, look, he said he didn't do it, and I don't know why I don't know why he wouldn't. Why I wouldn't believe him for that, or whatever the fuck he said in Helsinki. He also gave and is still giving. Mohammed bin Salman, MBS of Saudi Arabia, is giving him cover for the murder of the journalist from the Washington Post. And here we are. Donald Trump gets asked the question about Otto Warmbier, the young man who was arrested, tortured, before being sent home to the United States, where he died just a couple of days later. Donald Trump's already blamed Kim Jong-un for this. He's already blamed the North Korean state and Kim Jong-un, and that just wasn't the case when he was in Vietnam. Yeah, one second, please. Yes, thank you, Mr. President. Um, You have a personal relationship, and I believe uh, Vice President Pence does, with the family of Otto Warmbier. Uh, I'm wondering, um, you've talked about this week's uh, about... Kim Jong-un being my friend. You called him on Twitter. You said you have a great relationship. Have you in Singapore or here confronted Kim Jong-un about Otto Warmbier's death? I have. Asked him to take responsibility. What did he say to you? And why do you call him your friend? I have. And I have. And I have talked about it. And I really don't think it was in his interest at all. I know the Warmbier family very well. I think they're an incredible family. What happened is horrible. I really believe something very bad happened to him. And I don't think that uh, the top leadership knew about it, and when they had to uh, send him home. By the way, I got the prisoners back, I got the hostages back, and Otto was one of the hostages, but Otto came back in uh, shape that was not even to be talked about. Uh, I find it, I thought it was horrible. Now, the others came back extremely healthy, but Otto came back in a condition that was uh, just, are you, are you- just terrible. And I will, I I did speak about it, and uh, I don't believe that he would have allowed that to happen. Just wasn't to his advantage to allow that to happen. Those prisons are rough. They're rough places, and bad things happened. But I really don't believe that he was, uh, he, he, I don't believe he knew about it. Did did he say, did he tell you that he did not 
did Kim Jong-un tell you? He felt badly about it. I did speak to him. He he felt very badly. He knew the case very well, but he knew it later. And, you know, you got a lot of people, a big country, a lot of people. And in those prisons and those camps, you have a lot of people. And some really bad things happened to Otto. Some really, really bad things. Why, why are you? But he tells him? me he tells me that he didn't know about it, and I will take him at his word. Uh, and, yes, uh, ma'am. Go ahead, please. That should be a presidency-ending statement. It is unconscionable for the president of the United States of America to stand there on the world stage and say you're going to take Kim Jong Un's word. For not having tortured, ultimately murdering, a United States citizen. He tells me that he didn't know about it, and I will take him at his word. It's really embarrassing, and if you can believe it, the uh, administration is defending him. John Bolton, I believe he was on Meet the Press this morning, and he was asked about this this statement, um, that he, he takes him at his word. Right. He takes Kim Jong-un at his word. And John Bolton says, quote, when he says I'm going to take him at his word, it doesn't mean that he accepts it as reality. It means that he accepts that's what Kim Jong-un said. Are you fucking kidding me? That's what he said. I mean, how how amazing is this gaslighting? If I say that, well, you know, Brittany said she didn't do that thing. I'm going to take her at her word. That means I believe her. At the very least, it means I believe her until there's new evidence. At the very least, that's what it means. Right. It does not mean that's something that she said. Mm-hmm. Well, this, this administration, seriously, they must have, rather than like new employee training, <laughs> they must have fucking gaslighting training. Yeah, well, it's not just uh, John Bolton. It's also Mike Pompeo. Mike Pompeo. He's another worthless fucking piece of shit. Had an issue there. He said, um, he was asked about it, if he holds Kim Jong-un responsible for the death. And he said, quote, the North Korean regime is responsible for the death of Otto Warmbier and the humanitarian violations that are continuing to take place. He was then pressed on... Kim Jong-un's personal yeah. responsibility and whether or not Kim Jong-un knew about Warmbier's situation and Mike Pompeo was silent and then said he answered the question and that he has been very patient with that line of inquiry. So he refused yeah. to answer whether or not Kim Jong-un is personally responsible. And by the way, we all know what what's going on in North Korea, that Kim Jong-un uh, has a repressive surveillance state that yes. he runs there, uh, where there's forced labor camps and widespread humanitarian abuses, human rights abuses. And <laughs> Donald Trump is saying, oh, well, I talked to him and, you know, he said he didn't know. There were just people that were like independently abusing people. I, listen, I, he said it. I vouch for him. I'm vouching for Kim Jong-un. Yeah, it's horrifying. There is not a circumstance where an American gets taken hostage in North Korea and Kim Jong-un is not immediately made aware of it. There's not a situation where an American is being held in captivity and is being tortured without Kim Jong-un knowing about it. It's just, it's not, it is not feasible. And this is gaslighting bullshit from liars. 
For Mike Pompeo, the former director of the Central Intelligence Agency, now Secretary of State, to try this bullshit, and frankly, I'm getting a little tired of this inquiry. You know what? Fuck you. You're a public servant, asshole. You'll answer the fucking questions until you're blue in the face or quit your goddamn job. Because that's what you're paid to do. Fucking dickhole. You doing okay over there? Yeah, I'm just I don't know how we're going to get to There's no there's not a se- there's not a segue in sight here to get to Kushner. Mm. Jared Kushner. Oh god. Having his security clearance personally forced through right by goddamn Donald Trump then endangering further the, the security of the United States of America. Wait a minute, though. I heard Ivanka Trump during an interview say that the president was not at all involved in her security clearance or her husband's security clearance. The president had no involvement pertaining to my clearance or my husband's clearance. You know I had the clip. You it's gotta right there. know I'm going to have that It's clip. right there. She yeah. said it. The president had no involvement pertaining to my clearance or my husband's clearance. Not only that, Donald Trump sat down with Maggie Haberman, Maggie Haberman from the New York Times. Maybe I should uh, find a job where I talk for a living and see how that goes for me. And listen to what he said about it. And also listen to him lying. You Even the way he's trying to be slicky boy slime ball Sounds like he's fucking lying. You tell General Kelly or anyone else in the White House to overrule security officials, the career. No, I don't think I have the authority to do that. I'm not sure I do, but I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. Um, you never. Jared's a good. I, I was, I was never involved with his security. I know that he, you know, just from reading, I know that there was issues back and forth uh, about security for. Uh, for numerous people, actually. But I don't want to get involved in that stuff. Uh, just, I just don't uh, want to get involved. I want to stay above the fray. You know me, I Maggie. I like uh, my honest, transparent administration, Maggie. Uh. Turns out that is just not, not the case. We're getting more breaking news right now, this time courtesy of the New York Times. They've got an explosive article that has just been posted about Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law, how he received his security clearances. The New York Times saying the president of the United States, the father-in-law of Jared Kushner, personally ordered the U.S. intelligence community to grant him top-secret security clearances, overruling recommendations from the CIA and others. Let me read a few sentences from this explosive article. President Trump ordered his chief of staff to grant his son-in-law and senior advisor Jared Kushner a top-secret security clearance last year, overruling concerns flagged by intelligence officials and the White House's top lawyer. Four people briefed on the matter said, Mr. Trump's decision in May so troubled senior administration officials that at least one, the White House chief of staff at the time, John F. Kelly, wrote a contemporaneous internal memo about how he had been, quote, ordered to give Mr. Kushner the top-secret clearance. The White House counsel at the time, Donald F. McGahn II, also wrote an internal memo outlining the concerns that had been raised about Mr. Kushner, including by the CIA, and how Mr. McGahn had recommended that he not be given a top-secret clearance. Uh, 
Let me go to Samantha Vinograd, who used to work at the National Security. You used to receive top secret security clearances. Uh, this New York Times story uh, adds that this disclosure of this memo, the order by the president, uh, uh, contradicts what the president said in an Oval Office interview with the New York Times in January when he said he had no role in his son-in-law's receiving those clearances. Well, I don't think any of us are surprised anymore when the president lies about process and counterintelligence issues. But let's just talk about what this actually means. In layman's terms, the president of the United States knowingly directed his team to give a potential counterintelligence risk, Jared Kushner, access to the most sensitive information in the country. So he discounted what experts said, and he put each and every American at risk because Jared Kushner is roaming the halls of the West Wing. And according to the CIA and according to the intelligence community, Jared Kushner should not be trusted to access classified information. We could have, and I'll stress the could, a counterintelligence asset roaming the halls of the West Wing because the president was either too ignorant or too narcissistic to pay attention to his intelligence community. And, 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 Listen to this. John Kelly... I'm trying to gather my thoughts here. John Kelly and Don McGahn both pulled a James Comey. This is so serious that they both independently wrote internal contemporaneous memos on the matter to make sure there was a written record of what was taking place. So it couldn't be just denied, denied, denied. There's a paper trail here that was created just like Comey did. The other thing, let's talk about security clearances at this level. I used to have a top secret security clearance when I was in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. You don't believe me? Hashtag birdball and anchor. Birdball, I see. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> birdball and anchor. <laughs> and when you get denied a security clearance... There are many reasons that you would be denied. Mm -hmm. But one like this, when you're working side by side with the president of the United States of America, you're the son-in-law of the United States of America. For them to deny his son-in-law a security clearance is a big deal. It's not because he has too much credit card debt or a low credit score or he got a DUI or any of that. Mm -hmm. This means that he either has several or even one single pressure point that could be applied by a foreign government where he would then be used as an asset to give them information, which... I already believe, and many believe, that he did give information to MBS on one of his many trips to Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. This is a problem that we have someone who is so sensitive and comp- possibly compromised or easy to compromise right. that they wanted to deny his top secret security clearance, and he's that close personally to Donald Trump. That's a big Big deal. And that there's such a tremendous abuse of power going on in the White House. Yeah. Intelligence moron. Intelligence know nothing. Donald Trump Mm -hmm. is overriding 
the expertise of many people in the chain here who are deciding that Jared Kushner is too dangerous to have a top secret security clearance. Right. The guy that they keep having to figure out inventive ways of teaching him things <laughs> related to the intelligence in this country, um, like creating personalized Dora the Explorer right. shows Mentioning for him. his name on every page, every few lines. Right. Making sure there's pictures or something that he can look at. It's really embarrassing. And... It, it's scary to, I mean, who knows what is going on? And I just hope that sooner rather than later, we will get it figured out and that, that all of this will stop. I really hope that as much of a piece of shit, and I do believe he is a piece of shit, people like um, Mike Pompeo, I hope that there's a, a scintilla of love for their country just enough in there for them to stop major damage from happening. I hope that with John Kelly, he finds his intestinal fortitude just in time enough to do the right thing. Because as I've said many times, he has abdicated his role as a leader of men and women on the battlefield and became a, a servile follower of Donald Trump. These are men with a track record of leadership, both Pompeo, who I disagree with politically, but who knew he would turn into this sycophant, this fucking bootlicker, this gaslighter of the American public. For this guy. For Donald Trump, yeah. Ugh. I mean, I can see it with like John Hamm or something, you know? <laughs> But Donald Trump? <laughs> what? All right. I think we're going to end it there. <laughs> Remember, guys. I just I try to I try to 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 end the show on a positive note. Sometimes the world does not work that way, and right now we are in a predicament. And we, we are in a predicament, everyone. And it will be okay. Um, we will get through it. It. it I is, do believe that. Can you believe it's March, by the way? Yeah. So remember Tippy when top shape. Remember when you made those New Year's resolutions? How many books have you read? It's March. How many, you know, I'm We've like, taken trips. No, I know. I'm just starting to kind of check myself because this is how the year gets away from oh, you. Oh, yeah. Where you're already in March and it's like, what have I been doing? Yeah. You know, it, it yeah. went so quick. It went so quick. So quick. It's crazy. So quick. Am I talking like a valley girl? No. It no. comes out sometimes. Nah, it's fine. All right. Everything's fine. Mm -hmm. Well, remember, guys, it is a hashtag third episode week. So we're going to have two more episodes this week coming at you. We are very close to meeting that hashtag third episode every week, Mark. And we've been tossing around some ideas of what that hashtag third episode would be. I think sometimes it might be a regular episode, but given the uh, upcoming election, yeah. I think we want to make that episode like specifically about candidates and about the the, the race. I I think that's a great idea. Yeah, because a lot of times we're talking about... I mean, have that be the goal, but sometimes it'll just... There's going to be too much going on. Right. Um, but I think that would be really interesting and also give us a chance to do deep dives into uh, aspects of the election that maybe we wouldn't have time for on a regular episode. Yeah. Yeah, so we're really good, excited. Good idea. All right, everybody. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for tuning in. 657-464-7609. Again, 657 464 
7609. Call there. Leave a fewer than three-minute voicemail. You can also email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. If you love the show and you love what we do, we'd love to have you consider partnering with us on Patreon. Go to teamdollamore.com. Check it out. We'd love to have you in the Patreon family. The other thing, rate and review the show. Help us out in that way. We love you guys. We will see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. Did we put out the fire that we started in the living room? <laughs> right, right, right. That's exactly right. <laughs>